Welcome to the Voice of Tour podcast. I'm your host, Luke Hay, the voice of Temple Off-Road Racing. The Voice of Tour podcast is brought to you by the Westchester Mulch Company, your number one local source for mulch, firewood, and dumpster rentals. Also brought to you by Fast Mobile Fleet Rental. At FMF Rental, we meet your storage demands with spectacular service, 24-7 availability, low rates, hassle-free, and quick deliveries. Our company is backed by more than 25 years of experience, making us the area experts in commercial and residential storage container rental needs, dock storage, jockey services, and general trailer rentals. So be sure to check out the Westchester Mulch Company and FMF Rental. Thank you for stopping by and checking out the show. This is going to be a work in progress here. I have never recorded a podcast before. My audio uh, experience is limited to what some of you have seen at the Temple Off-Road Races last year. Um, Believe it or not, I have never done anything else with a microphone other than some goofy things in high school. So uh, please bear with me here as I learn this whole system, and uh, it's definitely going to get better as we go along. But I think we have got a lot of great content to bring to you guys, and I can't wait to get started here. And I think you're really going to enjoy our first show coming up. We have a very special guest. He is your 2023 Temple Off-Road Triple Crown winner, Mr. Jared Stoner. Okay, red light means we're on. We're live right now. Uh, This is the Voice of Tour podcast. I'm your host, Luke Hay. We are here with uh, none other than Jared Stoner, the 2023 Triple Crown champion. Jared, how are you, man? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing great, man. I am happy to be here. Where are we? What part of the state? What part of the country? And specifically, what driveway are we in? So um, we're at at my house right now. I'm in uh, Lewisbury, Pennsylvania. So I'm just south of Harrisburg. And um, we're at the race shop now. And next door is the print shop where I I have a screen printing business. So I I print full time. So So that's what you do for a living is screen printing? Yep. Okay, and uh, anybody in particular, like, uh, I know obviously you're helping us out with some of our Temple Off-Road gear, but anybody else, like, notable community people that are helping you out a lot or buying a lot of merch from you? Um, So I I print for um, a ton of different industries, but in the motorcycle industry, I I, um, do for some brands like uh, Scott Goggles. I did some stuff this year for them. Cool. Um, but one of my larger ones I've done in the past is I've printed for PayPal. So I do a oh, lot really? of their, yeah, a lot of their, that's um, gotta be a unique connection. I'm sure. Yeah. So that was, I, I kind of lucked into that contact, but, um, that's the way it goes, man. Yeah. Somebody knows somebody. And then next thing you know, you're doing business with a big company like that. Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's, uh, being in small business, I know how it goes like that. <clears throat> so, uh, you said we're here in the bike shop. Uh, I'm going to try and do my best here to sync up some of this audio with this video we're getting right now behind us. We got a couple of bikes here. That's going to be a question for you that I have written down. I can see we got two different bikes back there. So before we get into all that stuff, um, tell me real quick. Um, I know, uh, you told us here we're in the bike shop and, uh, you said this is your place and everything. And, uh, where, anywhere to ride around here or, uh, where, where do you, where, where's the closest place to go riding? So fortunately we have 19 acres here. So I, I grew up on the property and, um, built a house up front. Uh, my parents' house is still here and we have some trails, um, up in the woods. I have a little turn track down at my house. I did see that when we pulled in. Yeah, looked like good. it was a little, cl- it looked like there was some fresh snow, but there was some mud. Were you motoing today? No, I wasn't motoing okay. today, but, um, 
I, I bought a ro- rototiller, so it's so good. Oh, like, boy. Okay, you're getting serious about it. I guess yeah. that's all part of uh, becoming an, uh, a vet or, uh, or or whatever we're calling you now, yeah. what class you'll be in. But you're uh, starting to maintain the track, buying some attachments and stuff now. That's all part of uh, growing up. I feel like we start yeah. to enjoy that stuff more as we get older. Right. Building jumps and working on the track. I feel like that was the last thing you wanted to do when you got to anywhere was shovel work or anything like that. But I can respect it. No dig, no ride type of thing. I know you have some of your buddies come out, so I'm sure they help you work around the track and everything yeah now that we've gotten a little bit older everybody does understand they the, pitch in yeah. yeah no dig no ride so whether somebody hops on a tractor with the grader behind it while i'm on the skid loader and you know if we're gonna ride at four they know to show up at three yeah you know, cool put a little time in yeah it helps fun. when everybody pitches in you don't have any freeloaders right. and when people don't bring any extra guys either remember that if you get invited <laughs> just stick to your invite all right, so uh, let's get right into the meat and potatoes of this thing. I got a whole bunch of great questions here. And uh, again, it's the first time for this. I know it's your first time doing <clears throat> something like this. So uh, we're just going to keep it casual and talk dirt bikes like we do when you're up on the podium, which is you know pretty regularly. So I feel like we're going to have the same conversation. So uh, all right, real quick, my first that question here, kind of like a prelude. This is all going to kind of like lead into one question into the next. So um, let's start. Uh, rewind a couple months here let's go back to last year 2023 uh tegan temple reaches out to you tells you that he's gonna have uh he's gonna throw his uh name in the hat of dirt bike series and see if he can't get something off the ground and he wants to do something a little different he wants to do a gp series and uh you know what's going through your head when you know the very beginning when tegan said you know hey i want to have a triple crown uh do you want to help out do you want to race it do you want to work it i know he was um you know he was looking for any help he could get from you so just take me back to that moment what were your first original thoughts about the entire thing so when i first heard about the tour gps i was excited um the j days kind of came about after i was done racing when i was about 24 25 and since you mentioned that real quick i want to nip this in the bud since we're early in the first show here there is no competition with the j-day guys this isn't a copycat league or anything like that yes it is essentially the exact same concept we're talking about off-road gp racing it is not like we're copycatting them or taking anything from them or uh, like i want to be as transparent as possible that uh, Ethan Broach and Tegan Temple are tight buddies. Tegan did an internship up there. I actually went up and I worked a couple races myself. I was up there at Hemans last year for that doubleheader. And, um, you know, we, we kind of paid our dues to try to learn how to run a, a successful race. So um, if, if anything, uh, like the old saying is imitation is the uh, sincerest form of uh, or imitation is Somebody help me with that one. Flattery, imitation, flattery, something like that. Doesn't uh, it go along with that? Is it? Best form of flatter. Uh, I don't know. Imitation. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, you guys know, look that one up for me. Somebody's got to help me pull that one out. But my point is that the J Day guys know how to put on a successful show. So, of course, we would want to take a few pages out of their book. So, you know, sometimes I see people commenting on Facebook or Instagram who say, oh, just like J Day or something, this, that, the other thing. Well, like, yeah, that's the point. J Day kicks ass and we want to take a page out of their book. So, um, Keep that in the back of your mind there, that there's no ill will, no bad blood. We love those guys. And um, anyway, just want to nip that in the bud so people can stop whispering around the tracks or this, that, and the other thing. So uh, moving right along, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you heard about good. the J-Day stuff and you knew what it was like, how yeah. awesome J-Day is going from there. Well, so, and, and I never got to do a J-Day because um, I was kind of done racing for the time being. I was racing bicycles and 
kind of doing my own thing. So when Tegan had said, Hey, you know, we're going to start this series up. I'm like, dude, I've been wanting to go up and do one of them for a while. Cause I, I do a little bit of motocross. Of course I grew up in the off road. So it they are sick. like the best of both worlds. Yep. And I was like, I'm in whatever I can, you know, I'm, I'm going to be at him. I knew he was running the triple crown this year. So mm-hmm. I was like, my season was wrapping up. I, I made a chase at the ranch this year. I was unsuccessful, but Hey, that's racing. Yeah. So, um, that sounds pretty sick though. That's a, yeah. that's a story for another day. Right. And I, I got done trying at the regionals and I was like, Hey, there's three races this winter, like, or this fall, I'm in, I'm in pretty good shape. You know, my aggression's pretty good and let's remember how to ride the woods again. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I was all in, so I was really excited for it. Cool. So you were in, you're on board, you know, you kind of thought it might be a little bit like J day and you were finally going to get a taste of, uh, you know, an off-road GP, not so much that moto GP. So you were in, you heard it was gonna be a little triple crown, three races. You had uh, good stamina. The aggression was right. The bike was right. Everything was feeling good for you. So, um, at what point did you realize that you actually had a chance to win the pro class championship? Um, like let alone, you know, when did you realize that you were actually competitive in that class? Um, the first race at hurricane Hills, I, I was like, cool, I'm going to do a vet and open a, cause I wanted to race twice, you know, two yep. hours on the bike. I drove the whole way up there. I might as well ride as much as I can. And, um, I went back to the to the pits and my one buddy was like just run pro open yeah i'm like well now i'm not pro anymore yeah so um you know they kind of you know we bust balls a lot so they busted them enough that i walked back down and i was like let's switch a open let's go to pro open we'll see what kind of day it's gonna be so, yeah definitely put some smiles on some faces at registration right. and um you know i got a got a good start and put my head down and started racing and I think, um, ended up second that race. And I was like, well, I guess we're kind of in it. Um, round two, I was definitely felt a little bit off pace that day in general. Plus there was some real heavy hitters there. So I figured, Hey, I'm going to, you know, ride as, as good as I can. And here we went to what round three is what five points separating top four. Yeah, it was really anybody's. It could have gone a couple different ways. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I realized that, so I was like, well, here we are. Let's give it all we got. If we win, great. If not, I had a lot of fun racing with my buddies and looking forward to next year, so... Well, you had the right attitude going in, but I feel like, you know, even you can be as uh, humble as you want, but I know being a racer and you mentioned it earlier, that aggression and the competitiveness, I know that it was, you know, kind of, sometimes that takes over and, you know, you can kind of put all that, you know, yeah, you have fun with your buddies racing, but I know you wanted to win deep down inside. And I know it was, it was a little bit more important to you than just having fun out there. So that's cool. And I can respect that too, man. So I, uh, obviously you won the championship and, um, uh, you put on a great show for everybody. It was fun for me to watch being a, a long time fan you know grew up watching it when i was hitting the uh, d6s and the ecas and as we, we were talking earlier about the neocs and everything so it's uh kind of just like you know come full circle that you know when when tegan and i were kids growing up you know you were kind of just like the the next uh you know the next generation above us and you know one of those guys that we always got to look up to so i know that tegan you know definitely took some inspiration from you throughout his youth for sure you know you he was 
if I was, I'm, I'm a few years older than Tegan. So if I was on a mini bike and you were on a big bike at the time, that means Tegan might've just been getting off of a 65. So I know that, you know, when you're younger, you're so impressionable like that. And I know he's, he, he has shared some, some cool memories that he has of old times racing and stuff at the locals with you. So it's just awesome that we're able to, um, you know, come together from years of racing, you know, the, the racing community sometimes gets like a weird, like a weird vibe or like a rap show, you know, where people like, you know, don't talk to each other or they're not friendly and everything. And you, you know, the, the temple family is like the friendliest people that I've ever met in my life. So it's like, they, they pretty much introduced me to everything that is like off-road racing and dirt bikes when it comes to this side of things, you know, tagging along to all the races right, with them, yeah. GNCCs and everything. So again, not to go down that rabbit hole, but I'm just talking about how we're able to come together, do a cool podcast and you're selling t-shirts for them. And, and you're also having that competitive fire, like no way in hell am I losing this race. Right, I know. Right. So it's not just all fun and games. It's not just a love fest where we're also out here dedicated racing and, uh, dedicated to racing. So that's, that's probably like the, the coolest part for me is just seeing it all come full circle. So, uh, again, uh, let's just chat real quick, uh, some, a little bit more history of, uh, all the stuff that you've done, you know, all the places that your racing careers, uh, brought you, you did mention, uh, uh, about the ranch there earlier and you, you never got to a J day. So I know that, um, it's not like you've done every single thing, but you've done a lot of different racing, a lot of different series. Um, you kind of have an idea of what works, what doesn't work. So, um, you know, with that said, what, how is tour tour similar to those other series and um, how is it how is it different than those other series? So the um, talking with Tegan before he even started the series, you know, we he works by himself, I work by myself, so occasionally we just throw our AirPods on and you know chat for you know twenty minutes or maybe an hour and a half, uh, depending on the day. Yeah. And with doing all the different types of races, you know, off-road motocross and uh, some enduros and and whatever it may be from um, when I was a kid, the the number one thing that I think Tegan and I both agreed on is, you know, you can you can set up the best event, you can you can have all your ducks in a row for everything, but nine times out of ten, if if a um, if a rider's going to be upset it's because of the format not staying on schedule right right so like with motocross i've been to you know a bunch of them last year and next thing you know they're you know 45 minutes behind and you're like i'm like 19th moto yeah and you're like getting psyched up to ride and i didn't put my headlight on (laughs) running yeah yeah so and and you know tegan knew that and and i think the whole tour group knew that of course there is, you know, things can happen. Things can run behind schedule, but like to keep that format that, Hey, if, if your moto's at two ten, you know, as a racer come one o'clock, you start thinking about it. Come, you know, yeah. One fifteen, yeah. you know, you, you get start a getting those jitters, eat, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, and if it's, if it's like a, a two ten start, you want to be at the line by like one fifty, one fifty five ish. And even though you just sit there, whether it's hot yeah, or cold or yeah, raining, yeah. you want to get that. You want to know that. I That's the race the before the race. Right, exactly. So, you know, you get prepared and then you sit on the line and you already have like 15 minutes dedicated to just sitting there and, yep. you know, doing nothing. Well, if the event is now 20 minutes behind that, now you got to take a leak. You yeah, know? yeah. Now you're getting frustrated. Yep. Yeah, um, you're starting to get worried, lose so, focus, yeah, your mind starts wandering. Right. So yeah. I, I think that's one thing that 
the whole tour group kept in mind. Um, and especially with so many races, you know, a, a, hair, a hair scramble, for example, like an ECA, I forget how the format's hard. It's been a while, but you know, you have, you only have like four races during the day. Right. But with the tour stuff, you have, don't ask me like 12. Or yeah. There it's, there's uh, six races throughout right. the day and there's anywhere between four and sometimes five lines per right. race. Yeah. So so you have and like two motos, or so two races. So right. what? So I'm going to do that math. I'm not sure here. I, I don't have a calculator, and I, I didn't graduate college, so I don't right. know how to do multiplication. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, a little bit further is like moto, where they might have 20 motos going through twice. So they're right in the middle, and I think they did a really good job this year, especially with the first three and the triple crown. And, you know, everybody's pretty new at, at you know, we've all raced events, but, but running an event, I think they did a, a really good job at it. So it sounds like uh, time. I just made a big note here so I can share that with Tegan. So I'm sure he'll listen to this podcast. At least I hope he will. But uh, the timing, keeping things on track. And uh, right. even even though we did have some pretty gnarly conditions and, you know, kind of that, that sets the time schedule back and everything there. But uh, that's also, uh, you know, uh, the, the unique part about GP racing and the 30-minute motos is that we have those time, that little bit of time where we can um, kind of adjust where we need to throughout the day maybe trim a little bit of time here and there on some motos, maybe, maybe not <laughs> just putting that out there. You know, if I, if you're running a 28 minute moto, you know, maybe it's because it, we didn't need you to go to a 32. So you might right. get cut a lap short. So that stuff all plays into it. I know a lot of, you know, sometimes people wonder like, well, wait a second, last moto, I did this many laps. Why did I only do this many of this laps? And sometimes it's because we got to keep the show on the road here. And, um, again, it's, it's kind of a case by case. Like, you know, you once it's some days it's going to be perfect and the flag's going to drop right on time. Every time, sometimes it's going to be delayed by 15, 20 minutes. Maybe it's delayed by an hour, but, um, with the 30 minute motos, it's much easier to curtail and adjust rather than being committed to that one, two hour race or that one, three hour race for the hair scramble, whatever the GNCC, whatever it might be, where it's like, well, if that race gets delayed an hour or two, that that, that GNCC might be finishing under the lights, right. you know, yeah. like it, not that we, we, we had to finish a couple under the lights this year, but that was because of daylight savings times. That wasn't our fault. Right. <laughs> so, okay. So definitely time. That was, it seems like I'm going to, again, might make a special note of that was keeping everything on track here. And, um, I can totally see and agree. And I've, I've, you know, done my share of racing and um even at the uh, most minish open c and c200 level i still know what you mean it's like if the race is at 9 30 i'm panicking at you know 8 30 right. and if i get to the line at 9 30 and find out that we're sitting around like it's just not good for the psyche so i totally respect that all right moving right along here check out what else i got written down here prepared for you as we wait for tegan to show up here Hoping timing is going to work out pretty good for us. I haven't seen any messages come in for him yet, so he's probably <clears throat> probably right around the corner. So, okay, um, so fast forward a couple of months. <clears throat> uh, you've taken home the 2023 Triple Crown Championship. Uh, we're here in your shop located in, where are we? Uh, we're in Lewisbury. Lewisbury, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, just south of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And uh, we are exactly 30 days out from round one of the 2024 season. So tell me, uh, with that said, uh, what have you been up to as far as training goes, um, riding? I know you mentioned you ride right out the back door here, but uh, where else you're riding? Who are you riding with? Who are you training with? And um, not to throw too much more on your plate, but what are your goals for 2024? So first, just tell us about the riding and the training, and then we'll talk about your goals for this year. Yeah, so I was 
pretty motivated, you know, once the, the tour stuff started, it kind of like relit my fire that I haven't really had since I was a kid with racing. You know, I raced bicycles. Yeah, more full time and, and stuff. Yeah. And I racing bicycles, I was super committed to that and getting into the, the motorcycles. Like I, I just, I feel like I kind of have another fire and, mm-hmm. and I may not be as fast as I used to be. And that's totally fine. I'm cool with it at the end of the day. I want to go race my dirt bike, hang out with my buddies, especially the ones I haven't seen in forever. For sure, for sure. Um, and side note, like heading down to Jersey for the last round was great. I haven't been in Jersey in years. Yeah. I saw a lot of old friends that I hadn't seen. Yeah. They're still doing it. Maybe their kids are doing it. Like yeah. It, it was just kind of came full circle. So, um, you know, after the last race, you know, I was pretty excited. I wasn't expecting that, you know, starting my year out, I didn't think, you know, that, that I'd win the tour stuff. Like, yeah. So, um, looking, looking, you know, it stayed pretty, pretty mild all year. So I was, um, got to ride here. I, I went South for, uh, around Thanksgiving, which was nice with a couple buddies. And then I have a rower. I've been rowing a little bit, yeah, cycle a little bit. seems like the rower so, is uh, a favorite of the moto guys. It's just yeah. a great way to stay in shape, total body workout. Yeah. And in 15 or 20 minutes, I mean, you're, you're pretty well smoked. Yeah. So, um, been riding at the house. I, I found a place down near Reading. It's called the Basin. Hmm. Um, Private track, uh, invite only. I don't even know. Okay. It just kind of happened. So um, I went there a couple couple times with some buddies. I ran into um, I ran into Thorn a couple weeks ago, okay. which was great because we got to go out. Yeah. And, he knows all the local yeah. hot spots. Guy just rides and just rides. Doesn't stop. And he's a good dude. And I was yeah. I was happy. You know, I've talked to him. Um, on and off over over the years of course but dude you got to give it to him he's he's enjoying riding his for bike. sure he like, is he's quick as can be right yeah. now you know he and but he's excited about it you see he was not, on a shirt code is he, yeah, he was on the shirt code? you know you, you got any stories on that no yeah yeah i'm it, interesting yeah very interesting yeah 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 i know he, he was uh definitely everybody was uh checking out his instagram the other day so i'm hopping over the log yeah. and checking out the shirt code and uh, they just signed um uh, uh, who the heck did they just sign? Shurko has now uh, a couple of different guys if they signed Thorne, but who am I thinking of? Uh, did uh, is Strang on a, a Shurko this year? I don't know. God, I, I, don't, I just was hearing, listening to another podcast talking about Shurkos. But anyway, um, so anyway, so you're still riding with Thorne, yeah. the basin, some 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 places. Um, yeah. You said you were down south? Uh, yeah, we went down to Carolinas right around Thanksgiving. What tracks um, you hit down there? um west craven okay um good sand track you can run a paddle down there okay and then they have a really good woods loop so actually that was before the last race oh okay so well um, yeah it was december we were yeah. racing in december still yeah so so and then we've been riding behind at the house here a little bit um it's just because the ground hasn't really that's what i was gonna say crossed. relatively mild yeah, yeah it's, it's been good we had a couple really good days and we we have a couple inches of snow out there now but the ground's not frozen so it yeah go go away soon and you got um, a tiller now too so right. you can extend the days a little yeah. bit here in the winter um so I'm, I'm hoping and it depends on the shop and everything because it's been busy which is good but i'd like to head down to um down to florida in the next week or two and cool. just kind of get out of the weather yeah maybe get some shake some of the rust and, off yeah and it's all the first race is in jersey as well so it ride, is riding yep. sand down there wouldn't be a bad idea yep yep Tegan gonna be talking about that here in just a minute when he rolls in but cool. that's gonna be down at uh the judge gp is what we're calling that one and it is uh from what i understand it's just another 15 10 15 minutes away from uh njmp 
And uh, this is going to be a brand new track. Again, it's a uh, private property, so it's uh, has not been hacked up yet. Tegan had just started working on it. So when he hops on here, he'll, he'll update us on his uh, track work. It'll be fresh because I know he was just there yesterday. So I'm sure he'll be excited to talk to us about it. So, um, okay, so we just talked about your training, your riding, and uh, you mentioned Thorne, but uh, any other uh, – big names or any other local guys that maybe you've been training with or anybody pushing you who's pushing you right now well that day riding with thorn was fun um we went out and um i said hey, hey let's do a couple laps i'm gonna pull him behind you dude i hadn't ridden that hard in a while yeah so um it was good yeah i made a couple mistakes lost some time he pulled away from me but yeah. at the end of the day That's like i still like I, f I felt like a kid like, yeah chasing around you yep. know having a good time and and you know i'm a my body still works fine. It's mm -hmm. just that I, I think what I want to do this year is kind of focus on the motorcycle a little bit more and not so much overall speed, but I lost a lot of form taking that mm -hmm. time off. Mm -hmm. So my elbows tend to droop, you know, my, my back's kind of bent when it shouldn't, shouldn't be, you know, and just that little stuff that I, I think if I can figure those out again, the speed, I don't Just think I'll ever tune be it as, up a little bit. Right. Yep. And, and realistically, I don't think I'll ever be as fast as I used to be. But at the same time, at now, as of yesterday, 35, I still want to do as best as I can. You so. must be watching too much Supercross because that seems like that's all they talk about now is form and technique. It's not about right. who's riding the motorcycle the fastest or who's holding it out there. And guys like Jet who just have just this crazy flow and technique and they're always in the right spot on the bike and their form is always right. So you're on the right track, obviously, yeah. if those are the things you're trying to tune in. Well, my, my dad really pushed it when I was younger. Okay. And, you know, the whole theory behind it is in is, um, you know, your you're going to make mistakes riding a motorcycle. It's obvious, you know, you hit a rock wrong, whatever you, you cross rut. And if your form's out of whack, the chances of you hitting the ground are much higher. Right. And then if you can work on form, I mean, you can still fall, you can still really get yourself banged up, but especially trying to bump up the speed and intensity, you don't want to lose that, um, you know, just lose your form. Yeah. Uh, and as you fatigue, you know, yeah, it's easy to get sloppy, right? Your elbows drop or, or, you know, you're not sticking your foot straight mm -hmm. out and you, you end up jamming it or yeah, whatever. It's when accidents so, happen. Yeah. When you start to lose your, yeah, I think, um, at least that's a mentality now. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's smart. Yeah. We're not, we're not 18 and 24 right. anymore or whatever yeah. the hell it was when we were at flying Dutchman racing D six. Right. But, uh, okay. All right. So definitely, uh, focusing on the form makes sense. It seems to be a hot topic for this year or for just recently in general. I feel like everybody, even at the, like the youth level, I feel like it's just emphasized so much more now, like riding schools and stuff where they're just like, everything else is like, come second like hitting the jumps and everything else and going fast on the bike it's like first like you need to learn where your body needs to be on the motorcycle to go out and get around these turns and navigate the ruts and everything and when i was younger we didn't really have anybody instructing us on stuff like that. Once in a while, we'd be riding down at Tegan's place and Todd would take somebody's seat off if they were sitting down too much. Okay, that was about as far as it got for us for training. So that was how you learned real quick that you better stand up if you're going to go riding over there. So um, form, technique, it's all part of speed and, and it's going to help you stay off the ground too. So, all right, very good, very good. Um, so I just saw a text. Tegan's about 10 minutes out. So uh, that is going to be perfect for us here because I'm going to wrap up uh, you and I's uh, part here, or you and I, or me and you. 
um, with uh, five kind of like rapid questions. I'm going to ask you. I just want you to answer. Don't think they're not. They're not too crazy. They're just. Uh, they're. They're all relatable. So I hope everybody can kind of enjoy this and maybe give a little bit more like you know personal info about the kind of guy you are. All right. So first, uh, two stroke or four stroke? Well, I, I've got one of each, but I think I'm always going to be a two stroke guy. Two stroke moto or woods. Hmm. I like riding moto, but I like racing in the woods. Okay. Uh, beer or liquor? I don't do either. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, favorite all-time racer across any, it could be anybody, it could be your dad, it could be Travis Pastrana, anybody. So, um, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I, I mean, keeping it local, like, you know, um, like Mike Lafferty. I mean, he was, he was everybody's hero when yeah. we were kids. And, and for me, I was fortunate enough that I got to, you know, ride with him and, yep. and spend some time with him. And, you know, going back to going to Jersey again, like mm-hmm. I hadn't seen Mike in years. Yeah. And his I'm heyday like, was your like youth come up pretty much. Right. right. Yeah. And, and he really helped me when I was, a, when I was a kid. Okay. Um, so I mean, all of them put together, like, you know, he's our local, yeah. our local guy and he's still at the races. Yeah. He's still doing it. So, um, he's gotta be what close to a hundred now. <laughs> so, you know, and he still goes yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. Yep. Uh, and he's scratching a hundred. Fun story about Mike is, um, at Hurricane Hills, we, he ran vet or he ran a senior. I ran a vet. We were on the same line. Yep. Yep. And, you know, it started out on the moto track and I was like, it's on. Let's on. <laughs> yeah. So I went and I, and I kind of, um, I think I got into the, the lead going into the woods okay. and I'm like, yeah, I'm ripping. <laughs> well, here comes Mike flying, flying through the woods. And I'm like, Oh, I forgot how to ride the woods. Yeah. So we came out to the moto track and I caught back up to him and like, I said, I'm, I'm not going to pass this guy. So I, I came in and I stayed behind him and I, and still to this day, like, he's smooth. He hits his marks. Like just that extra lap of me following him. I was like, man, guy still got it. Yeah. Still yeah. dialed in. Yeah. That's crazy. It's uh, and it's fun. Uh, again, um, it's something that makes our sport unique. Um, not just dirt bikes, but specifically like off-road where we can kind of, we have that chance every once in a while where that Mike Lafferty or that, that pro guy is going to show up that, uh, Stu Baylor or that Ben Kelly is going to show up at a local race and the local pros can go out there and battle right. with the, you know, the, the fastest guys in the country racing the nationals. That's just something I feel like that, like, you know, somebody playing, um, you know, pickup basketball, right. like LeBron James isn't going to walk onto the court at LA fitness, right. you know, I mean, Craig showed up at Eagles. Nest exactly. And, Perfect example. And Andrew as well, who, yep. who had what a national enduro championship. Yep. So yep. Yeah. Fast guys. guys, you know, showed up, yep. uh, Craig's number one in the country. Right yeah, now. crazy. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, I mean, again, a perfect example where it's yeah. just like you don't get that with other sports. And sure, it's we're we're in a niche sport, dirt bikes, and then make it even smaller, off road. You know, in the woods world, enduro, and um, it's just so cool that the top guys in the sport can come out and mix it up with a, uh, you know, the local guys. I think that that's I think that's just so unique. And I don't know. I, I kind of try to paint that picture of you know LeBron James walking into the rec league basketball because it's kind of the same thing. If if Craig DeLong shows up at Temple Off Road, it's there's no, really right. no difference. The number one guy in the world in our sport right. shows up at our race. So that's some pretty cool stuff. Um, okay, so that was your favorite racer. Um, now I have uh, one more for you. Um, <clears throat> uh, best investment for a young racer to make 
for uh, any moto parents listening right now, what do you think is the most important thing that they can do? I mean, we, we kind of got to it earlier. Um, I really think it's form, you know, just working on that, whether you, you find, um, a local fast guy or, or something who will help work with your, your kids on, um, you know, you can go and you can put all this money into, you know, getting the rig and the bikes and, and, and all the cool gear and that stuff's all great. But, um, you know, I've seen some really, really, uh, some guys who really look the part of a fast guy. Right. And then they get out there and you're like, okay. Your wallet's a little deeper than right, the rest exactly. of the program. So, you know, at the end of the day, now I've seen some guys with some um, pretty beat up bikes that just rip. Yeah. So I think just working on, you know, your, as a rider, just the basic stuff, you know, um, and also getting your bike set up. And that doesn't mean that you have to go out and get cone valves, you right. know, just i have a set (laughs) you know um, yeah it's more like figuring out where you're comfortable with your levers and the sag maybe even that might be a little too far but a little tightening your chain little things like that cleaning your air filter becoming familiar with your motorcycle at a young Mm -hmm. age yeah Yeah. and just working on that and you know that big i guess i'm a big foreign form guy guy. yeah 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 we're discovering it pulling it out of here having to come to uh come to jesus moment here yeah (laughs) um so i just the one thing i just made a note of here was uh you you said you know uh sometimes it really helps when a younger rider has um some guidance someone looking over their shoulder a fast guy at the track or whatever um which that brings me to my next point which was ask for help um don't be afraid to uh if you're at the track or if you're at practicing or if you're even at a race you know, maybe not like right after the guy's done motoing, but like if you're pitting next to a guy who's in a class and your son is his second year racing is 85 or something like that. Like, don't hesitate to go ask that guy like, Hey man, like, what do you think? Like my son's bike, like, I just wanted to make a quick adjustment. Do you have any recommendations and little things like that? Or like how, what we talked about earlier, those relationships get started. And then it's like, okay, you asked him the one question about how to tighten the chain. And then next weekend you see him and you, you park next to each other again. You guys are grilling hamburgers together. Right. And then the next weekend after that, you're planning a riding trip to the next track. And then next thing you know, your son is getting guidance from an A rider at a very young level. And all it takes is just asking for help. So I know it can be scary um, at the races and everything and intimidating. But listen, if you're there, um, I said it earlier about, uh, you know, trying to like promote inclusivity and drawing in the guys from all different, you know, backgrounds of racing and everything. Uh, and it doesn't have to be always competition i'm sure we, we want to win we're at the races for a reason but uh don't be afraid to just be neighborly and be a friend you know we're all in here for the same reason it's because we love dirt bikes and that's it it's as easy as that just be nice and neighborly all right now uh since we have another minute here i think i might have heard tegan pull up but he's not in here yet i did have one bonus question written down here and uh this is a hot topic for debate right now and i'm somewhere in the middle because it's really hurts my heart to even think about it but Electric dirt bikes, yay or nay? Dude, there's something about just ripping a dirt bike. You know, I, I did race bicycles for a couple of years and, you know, doing crit races and all that stuff, like it's fun and intense, but it, there's something about just the the smell, the, the you know, hearing them. Yep. Especially like a motocross. I mean, you get to like Unadilla yeah. to go watch the nationals. Yeah, there's nothing like it. You could be on the other end of the hillside. 
and you're like, oh, she turned the board side. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's echoing off. Yep, so yep. I understand the electric bikes. I think the electric bike is good for the kids, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, seeing the Stasic races, yep. which we're going to go see tonight at Motorama. Yep, yep. And, um, and the kids having that a little more opportunity bike. right especially if like mom and dad have a development mm-hmm. or live in a development but the kids want to race but you know they're working a lot they can't take them to the track every yeah day. they can go burn through those batteries yep and spin laps in the backyard all day long right and not have you know the hoa on the right. back yeah nobody will know they're doing anything over right there. so i mean i don't know it, it's it's cool that they're have the electric bikes mm. but i mean maybe i'm also like I'd rather a carburetor on the two. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I'm a little bit old. School, yeah. You, yeah. You still have that in your blood. You've been, yeah. uh, you were raised uh, two and two strokes at the races. Right. So, uh, no, no experience. You haven't swung a leg over a Stark or anything. I haven't. I've seen them around. Mm-hmm. I mean, they get more popular yeah. here and there. You see them um, around. If I get the, the chance to ride one, I, I definitely won't turn it down. For sure. Um, it would take a bit for me to fully commit to that. Yeah. Um, as far as like buying an electric bike, but I'd really, yeah, they're not I'd, cheap. I've only heard good about them. Yeah, that's that's what scares me. Yeah, yeah. Like, too. I want everyone to hate them. Right. But when I hear people say good things about them, I'm like, okay, like, I kind of like it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say it. But. They were like 80 horsepower. Yeah, yeah, and the mapping and stuff. It's just like, because I, 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 I like to, like, not that I'm fast, because I am very, very slow, but I like to play around with the bike. I like to be familiar with it. So it's cool that, like, you know, you get one of those, and it's funny, like, you can dumb it down and map it and play with it and, like, do starting stuff, you know, start maps. Like, that stuff fascinates me, learning more about all that. But uh, I, I don't own any four-strokes. I have two two-strokes, and I don't see myself getting anything new in the future but i uh i'll be holding on to the two strokes for a long time i don't think we're ever gonna at least in our generation i don't think we'll ever see the demise of uh gas bikes or uh, petrol powered machines if you will um but it's coming it's knocking on the door and i just figured i'd pick your brain about that one since they're becoming so popular and again i mean we're probably going to see them at the races here sooner or later i uh i'm hoping that we don't unfortunately i'll say this like blatantly i have no problem admitting this i do not want to see any electric bikes on the pro line at temple off-road racing i am not discriminating against you guys however with a dead engine start they are very dangerous I, i've seen it happen where there is uh there, there's a particular rider in new england um who tends to sometimes show up to enter the those races that had the J days with uh, an electric motorcycle and he is uh they those bikes are just they're just too good off the start because it's not a dead engine but so guaranteed whole shot yes whole, yeah. guaranteed whole shot and when you're you know hypothetically holding 80 horsepower wide open into a turn of 40 guys sometimes it doesn't end very well hmm. so that's all i'm saying i i uh i think it's great for the sport great innovation but for uh, our type of racing where they're doing dead engine starts it's, I don't, I just don't think that we've adapted. We're not there yet. We, we don't have a solution to make it fair for everybody. So it's just, it's not fair for the, for the, the gas bikes at that point. But, um, all right. Well, I hope I didn't nag on the electric bikes there too much, but, uh, I, I've just, I've seen what the, what those things are capable of and they scare me and they excite me at the same time. So, all right. Well, I don't know where Tegan is, is, uh, I guess we want to bring him in. You can have him walk right in right now. We don't have to, I hope he wasn't waiting for us to tell him to come in. Oh, How was he? Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, we don't mind the door for a second. You want to pause? I'll get another chair. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, pause that real quick.
Okay, and uh, Tegan has finally made it here through the door as he traveled up from Jersey. He was literally just cutting trail uh, yesterday for round one, and uh, he is here now joining us in Jared's shop to wrap up our first episode here. I just wanted to check in with Tegan as we are 30 days out from round one, and uh, since he was cutting trail yesterday, I figured perfect opportunity to pick his brain and... uh, hear about what he's excited about for this upcoming season and in particular round one okay so tegan what's up man not much uh just been you know working away at it got uh had a lot of guys out there yesterday cutting trail and got the got the whole layout of uh round one all kind of figured out and putting it all together it's uh another new location for this year and i think it's gonna be cool uh we'll be going back there twice but they got so much uh virgin ground there it's like 200 acres and and specifically where are we talking about uh this is in millville it's uh right around the corner from the motorsports park okay so it's only i think like two three miles away and is this a uh, motocross facility no this is just a farm uh mostly wooded has a lot of wide roads cut through the woods okay so what kind of racing are you anticipating uh i think it's gonna it's it's more wooded but it's gonna be faster flowing woods a lot of lines so I almost want to say it would benefit more of a, a woods guy, okay. but at the same time, it's going to be fast. It's going to be sugary sand. So. Oh wait, let me say that you said it's going to benefit the woods guys. So the moto guys probably just heard a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're yeah. going to work on that sound effects, but I figured I'd throw one in there. Yeah. So um, cool. All right, so it's a farm, not a dedicated motocross track, over 200 acres, virgin ground. Uh, so you were down there, uh, had the brush hog out. Um, <clears throat> so you got like starting sections figured out, anything like, you know, unique features that you're like, you, you're stoked that you're going to be able to incorporate or anything that you feel comfortable sharing with us before, uh, you know, without leaking too much? Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, they have these roads carved in pretty much all over the place. It's like a, it's like a maze in there. It's uh, easy actually to get turned around trying to get the, oh, yeah. the lay of the land. But uh, there's some rolling hills and stuff, and the okay. landowner's really cool. We're going to try and actually push up some, some jumps and some tabletops and see what we can do with uh, the time we got left. I would expect nothing less from you. Yeah, yep. And the uh, I think just like uh, Motorsports Park, we're going to it's, – it's a shame, you know, Jersey's tough with the – the barricades and the, the mesh fencing, keeping everybody off the track. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, we did it. We laid it out the best we could. I think it's going to be pretty cool for spectating. Yeah, it sounds like the carts. It sounds like they can maybe just hop on a walking path and get to a yeah, you know a you know farther back spot in the track. Yeah, exactly. You'll catch a guy and then go out and do a loop, and then you can basically spin around, walk across the track, and catch him again. Yeah, that's perfect. Obviously, that's uh, part of the big goal too with. our series and GP racing is that we want you guys to be able to see your rider when you come out there. We don't want this also to just be a unique experience for the rider, but we're dedicating this to the whole uh, racer and fan experience. So when you come out, um, it's not going to be, you know, an hour until the next time you see a rider, you're going to see your rider while they're on the track every seven or eight minutes, or maybe even less if they're a really fast guy. So, um, that's just part of the, the, uh, you know, the, uh, brilliance of GP racing and the smaller format and the shorter courses. Um, 
it just allows us to really manage the race in such a better way. Um, and you're going to hear a little bit later on when you listen to the podcast, Jared and I were talking about it, but I'll let you know now the one thing that he said uh, that he noticed that stood out <clears throat> in particular was uh, your ability to manage the race efficiently and keep everything on a decent time track, whether that's, you know, shortening some motos here or curtailing the track there just to make sure that the riders are still staying on somewhat of a dedicated uh, time frame because, that's really important for the, the riders and the racers, obviously, because they want to be ready for their race on time, blah, blah, blah. So Jared was giving you props for keeping the, the race day on track. So, all right. Um, let me see what else I got for you here, Tegan. Okay. So, oh, okay. So, yeah, you told me that this was right around the corner from uh, NJMP. Uh, do you um, want to just say, like, how this all came about? Like, this was just uh, somebody you knew, or is this somebody, um, an old friend, or how did you end up uh, securing this new, uh, never before ridden facility? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people are excited about the new series and stuff. And, it really hasn't been tracking places down. They kind of start coming and, and finding me. This, the same thing with Elmer. You know, I was a, another dirt bike guy. Um, you know, both Elmer and uh, the Judge GP, the first one, they're dirt bike guys. They have dirt bike backgrounds and stuff, and they wanted to get involved. And, you know, just like the Elmer guy, for instance, he always wanted to have a race, but wasn't wasn't quite big enough to, to host a hair scramble. Yep, so this yep. was this was something he could do, you know. So he made he made two or three rounds this past year and loved it and wanted to get involved. So basically, uh, people weren't afraid to seek you out and ask uh, what your thoughts were about maybe holding a race or asking for your help or this that the third. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Cool, so. cool. Yeah, that's a we talked about that earlier too about just introducing yourself to people at the races and um, becoming familiar and friendly with people and just making connections. Uh, we were talking about, you know, being small business owners and, you know, how one thing leads to another. And it's usually because of a connection from a friend of a friend of somebody who knows somebody. So it uh, never burn your bridges and uh, never be afraid to ask for help. That's two things I can give you. That's my two cents for the, for this podcast where never burn your bridges and never be afraid to ask for help. So uh, before we wrap this up, Tegan, uh, we are all here. Um, in the shop, uh, just south of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It is uh, Saturday, February 17th, and this is sort of like a, uh, let's call it, I don't know, it's like a local holiday or like a Pennsylvania tradition here, Motorama. It is right up the street from us, and we're going to go up as a crew here and check out some of the racing action or racing carnage, whichever you really want to call it. Um, it is entertaining nonetheless. So uh, we're going to uh, wrap up this pod, go check out some racing, and uh, the next time that you guys hear from us will be, uh, my goal is to try and put one out here uh, within the, like the, the week leading up to round one. So whether that is the day before the night before, or the Monday before to be determined, but I'm going to do my best to put something together for you guys as a little bit of a preview. Once we have more information on the course, once I've been able to put eyes on it myself and, uh, investigate it and, uh, get the scoop, I'm going to deliver it for you guys here. So, uh, please stay tuned. And Tegan, is there anything that you want to leave us with or anything that you want to remind anybody about? Uh, nothing let coming me, to mind. Let me help you, buddy. Get your memberships uh, right yes, now. Yes, memberships. Tourracing.org. T-O-R-R-A-C-I-N-G dot org. Sign up now for your 2024 membership. Anything else, Tegan? I will say there's a lot that came through. I think we're, I believe, around like 300 members already. So wow. Okay, think, awesome. Uh, I think everybody's on it and excited and getting their numbers locked in. Sick. So uh, I, I think another thing is take a look at the rule book. Rules have changed. There's uh, classes have changed. Um, 
format. All everything's pretty much the same. Race day schedule, a couple of changes there to benefit more people riding two classes. So should be fun. If you're looking, looking for more seat time, I think it will uh, be good for this season. Right on. All right, guys. So uh, memberships. Uh, read the rule book. Check out some of the new classes. And was the last thing that I missed something there? No, I think you got it. Cool. All right. Well, um, we're going to call that a podcast and uh, our first recording here and uh, what couldn't have been in better location. Um, Jared, thanks for all your hospitality, man. And uh, we will catch you guys on the next episode.